Hey everyone, welcome back to the World Cup podcast with Richard Baha. I am your host, Richard, of course, and I'd just like to throw a quick apology out there uh, just for the lack of regular content. Basically, came down with a bit of an illness, uh, just a normal flu, I guess, or a common cold, but it had been down for a lot longer than I thought, and when your voice is your bread and butter, uh, it's not the best to be recording. So we're all back now. I guess that's just the pitfall of a one-man show. Um, but we'll move on straight away with the World Cup news of the day. Now, we have missed a lot on this show, so we will touch on a couple things. And the one thing that's been on my mind, and I've been asked about the most just around the place, uh, has definitely been the Paulo Guerrero situation. Now, we've touched on this before, so I won't go into detail. You guys know the gist of it. Basically, uh, something like a 14-month ban, uh, which was then appealed and taken down to six months so he could play at the World Cup. Then Wada stepped in, gave him another ban to 12 months, and now that has been put on put on hold. It was The technical term was it has, it has been frozen. Now, <clears throat> uh, what this particularly means, I'm not exactly sure. All I know is that the ban will not run, I repeat, will not run during the course of the World Cup. Now, very interesting to me. Uh, feels as though they're definitely letting him off lightly. Um, not considering what he did, but considering the fact that he already had a 12-month ban imposed and uh, he had a ban shortened and then specifically lengthened uh, again, which definitely shows that they, they found grounds for a significant ban. And the fact that they're not removing the ban entirely definitely sends a weird message, in my opinion. Now, if they're going to completely repeal the ban, I'm fine with that. But the fact that they put it on hold just for the World Cup just screams basically um, we need a concession made for them, but we still don't agree with what he did, which is just a slap on the wrist. And it's not really providing a clear message in either way, uh, whether they're showing that they're trying to be lenient or whether they're showing that they're trying to be hardline. It's just showing inconsistency. Um, <clears throat> I definitely would have preferred if they just completely got rid of it or stuck with it. Um, it definitely seems as though uh, the appeals as, I guess, as um, frivolous as we seemed to take those appeals by the other teams in the group, uh, Australia, Denmark and France, I I think that they must have had some sort of an influence. And um, look, all, all, all the best to Paulo Guerrero. I mean, he definitely held himself uh, very well and spoke very well of himself in that period, and I'm guessing that also did have an influence. I just think the situation has really been dragged on a lot longer than it should have been. Um, so without talking too much more of it, I am very happy for Peru, um, and hopefully another South American team can do well in this World Cup, hopefully provide an interesting matchup specifically with Denmark uh, and Australia. Mind you, I tried to do some scouting for Australia. I... Uh, I watched Denmark versus Sweden about two, three days ago. Got to say it was one of the more boring games I've watched this year. It was a friendly, but um, yeah, no, wasn't, wasn't good at all. Um, there was a player, though, could not pronounce his name, but had some sort of a concussion in the first half. And that leads into another topic. I was very keen to talk with you, all of you, um, who I'd also like just quickly to thank again for your, your listening, your I know viewers, um, the act of viewing, and a group of viewers is called the viewership. So I, I really need to find the, the equivalent for our listeners. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whatever viewership to li- to viewers is the equivalent for listeners, because listenership does not sound right. But to you, my listeners, um, there there was an interesting point that came up um, watching that game with that concussion. Uh, because I was scrolling just on my Facebook newsfeed and saw an official post by Optus Sport, who are the broad- broadcaster- broadcasters of the World Cup here in Australia. And I'll read it out word, word for word. So the doctors have said, Loris Carius had a concussion during the Champions League final. After colliding with Raul defender Sergio Ramos early in the second half, a medical examination of Carius has revealed that his visual, spatial ability would have been instantly affected. Now I saw... It was some sort of a hospital in the US that decided he had a concussion, just going off his, off the symptoms. <clears throat> and, I mean, that's all well and good. It, to me, still doesn't really excuse what happened. It's um, a bit late for all this. Um, very interesting point, though. Because with the whole concussion protocol, um, I'd, I'd like to put to you guys, really, do you think that the game would have to stop in such cases um, once, say, a VAR or a, a fourth referee <clears throat> picks up on any kind of a, a case. Now, of course, when, when you're watching the game and like there's a head collision, for example, the game stops immediately, and that makes sense when it's obvious. But when it's something like this, um, should the fourth official say in the referee's ear just quickly, hey, can you check on this player? Uh, we've seen this in the, in the footage. Although that wouldn't have made such a big difference in this game because the goal came only two or three minutes after, and I doubt that a referee would have had the time uh, just in those couple of minutes to go speak to Loris Carius if he wasn't showing very clear symptoms. So in a way, it's also his own fault, because in in football, you always get told to stay down if there's any kind of an issue, and then they review it. Uh, But yes, it's a very interesting point that's come out, especially because it's coming from official sources. They're reporting it. Um, But I'm I'm even more interested in Sergio Ramos' reply when he came out and basically said, uh, what's next? You know, what are you guys going to come up with now to kind of discredit our win? I'll I'll read that out as well. So he said, damn, they've given this a lot of attention, the whole Salah thing. I didn't want to speak because everything is magnified. I see the play well. He grabs my arm first and I fell to the other side. The injury happened to the other arm and they said that I gave him a judo hold. After the goalkeeper said that, I said that I dazed him with a clash. I'm only missing Firmino saying that he got a cold because of a drop of my sweat landed on him. So he, he definitely isn't buying any of it. And of course, if he did commit it or he didn't, I don't think he would ever admit it. Um, he does not have the best reputation, we'll be honest. Uh, but I do think that this is starting to get a bit uh, blown up. And I think Carius would just be much happier that no excuses were made. Uh, he's already apologized. I feel like he would have made a much bigger deal out of it at the time as well, if it actually affected him. Um and I guess it's just one of those things that'll go down in the annals of football. Um, Ramos might be remembered for the wrong reasons, but it's it's a win nonetheless. And I guess it's win at all costs. But, um, you know, a very interesting point that I've been mulling over, whether he meant it or not, at the end of the day is irrelevant. The game's over, game's been played. And dwelling on it, I don't think helps carry us either. It's, it's just a reminder of something he's probably already trying to put behind him. And whether he can or not, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But definitely send in your, your opinions of that. I'd love to hear from them, especially if you've got the Anchor app. I've seen that we've got a few more listeners on the Anchor app, so thank you to all of you guys who are um, favoriting and getting me up the charts on Anchor as well. Feel free to send in your voice messages and we can reply to them in the show. <clears throat> Sorry for the 
for the, the voice there as well. That's just the uh, that's just the cold wearing off. But we're going to power on. And I'm going to read some words to you and give you a moment to see if you can guess exactly who said it. So again, we'll keep this episode decently short and sweet. So just a few main points that I found most interesting as I was gone. <clears throat> Thank you so much, everyone, for your encouraging messages yesterday and today. I'm obviously disappointed I won't participate in the World Cup, but I have to accept this decision and I'll give it my all to bounce back stronger. Nothing but the best of success to the DFB team in Russia. Go get that title. Any takers? So the DFB <laughs> DFB definitely gives it away, but um, it's Leroy Sane left out of the final squad. So he was in the final 27 alongside pretty decent players like uh, Bernard Leno as well. But was left off. Now, if you've seen the squad, it's quite a good squad. I've got a screenshot here that I'll read out really quickly, just to show you how big of an omission this is. Now, there's players that are missing the World Cup, of course, like an Alexis Sanchez, for example, or Zlatan, who just aren't at the World Cup because either their team's not there or they've retired from international football. There's also players that have been snubbed, like Golan. And I believe the Golan shout, that's a very good shout. I believe that he should be there. But Sane... Here is a stat that the Bleacher Report published. Leroy Sane of Manchester City had a great season versus Germany's World Cup options. So who they picked in his place. So we've got Leroy Sane. Doesn't have games played, but we'll go off the season. 14 goals in this season, 19 assists. So what's that in total? 20, 23, 33 in total. Julian Brandt, 12 goals, 7 assists. So 19 in total. Marco Royce, of course, injury laden, but seven goals, one assist. So eight in total. And Julian Draxler of PSG, five goals, 10 assists. So 15 in total. Looking at those numbers, Leroy Sane has double the production of anyone there. Yet he hasn't been picked. He hasn't been picked. Uh, it definitely seems as though he's come to terms with it already. Seems as though he might have already expected it, to be honest. Uh, but reading through, he's had some pretty decent players come out and say he should be there. So I found that incredible. And the fact that um, the fact that he's had a bit of a shaky start to time as a German international player, I think it's like one goal in 10 games, something like that. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's just peculiar to me. I feel like there's definitely a way that Joachim Lowe could introduce him a bit better or make him fit into that system and going off the season he's had i just don't see how you can how you can leave a player like that out such an impact player even if he's not a starter he's just got that that raw talent and speed where you could just chuck him on just getting back to the core of football um a lot of managers have come out and said you know you can take away the tactics you can take away you know a lot of the skill um but if you just have a player that has raw speed they can just do a lot for you but he has that dribble that skill, that speed. He has it all in that sense. So it, he's almost the definition of a, an impact player. I feel like coming off the bench, he'd be great for Germany if Lowe can't, can't put him into that starting lineup. But looking onwards from, from there, uh, there's a couple interesting stories. Uh, so Lichsteiner's signed for Arsenal. Not World Cup related, but um, it's, it's a solid signing. Again, don't think it's the greatest show of ambition by Arsenal, but uh, yes, I just thought that'd be interesting to point out. Uh, but moving on from there, back to the World Cup. 
Uh, there's a lot of talk about legacies. Now, we can do a whole episode on legacies, but it really only matters when you're talking about the best of all time, in my opinion, anyways. Uh, so people say Pele or Maradona, Maradona especially, um, just because he he won that World Cup solo, really. Well, he had good players around him, but but the amazing moments of, I think it's 1982 or 1986, one of the two, one of the two. Um, the goals against England, hand of God, they're synonymous with World Cup victory. He's also the cover photo of this of this podcast because what's more World Cup than Maradona? Uh, and and it really, really begs the question. In the modern era, you've got Ronaldo and Messi. Neither have won a World Cup, of course, but Ronaldo has won that Euro. Didn't really play in the final very much because of the injury, um, but he was instrumental in that win, in the win of the title there. Uh, and Messi came very close, very, very close. But all the chat, all the chatter seems to be whether he can cement his legacy as one of the best of all time or the best of all time with a win at this World Cup. And I hate to break it to you, but I don't, I don't see it happening. Xavi has come out and said that he thinks it will happen, mainly because of his relationship with Messi, having played together at Barcelona. But um, I personally do not think it's going to happen. I think Germany is still the favourites alongside Brazil. Um, that'll be an, a very emotional matchup if it does happen. But I'm officially going to announce my team for the World Cup in Colombia. Now, I'm very interested to see how they go. They've got forward talent. They've got some midfield talent. The back line's a bit suspect. Um, Mina is there from Barcelona. And Ospina, I guess, a solid choice in goal. Um, I'm just very interested to see how far they go. I'm suspecting maybe a matchup with England or Belgium. and. I think that'll be a real, a real amazing tie. I think Hamas Rodriguez um, definitely can pull it out of the bag. And that really flows on to um, some of the stories I've seen regarding Gareth Bale. He made it very clear after that, that UEFA Champions League final that he was, uh, he needed to play week in, week out. And I feel as though it won't be long till someone pays the big, big bucks to get him. And he's another player that I'm, I'm quite sad not to see at this World Cup. But back to the World Cup news, uh, a very feel-good story to start to end, to round, to round out this episode. Sorry, struggling to get my words out just with, with the cold still affecting me, <laughs> like a Ramos elbow to the face. That didn't quite have a, have a ring to it. I'll take that one back. <laughs> but uh, looking at a, a article that was posted um Jamie McLaren, many of you might not know him because I know that a lot of my listeners aren't Australian, but I'll give you that Aussie influence on your, your, World, Cup, uh, your World Cup listening. Uh, so if you don't know, Jamie McLaren played in the A-League, moved abroad, and people were just ecstatic to see that he was be- being considered for the World Cup because he is a great player. Um, Tim Cahill's a bit past it, let's be honest. And Tommy Urich is good but inconsistent. I like him. I've met him a few times, actually. I've got a photo with him, um, but he is quite inconsistent. Now, Jamie McLaren used to play for the Brisbane Raw, um, came out and said, I was ready to be a fan of the World Cup because initially he hadn't been picked. But Bert Van Marwick, who did um, coach Netherlands in a World Cup, I believe, yes, he did. Um, Tommy Urich has had basically knee issues which meant that Jamie McLaren was brought in just as a, a backup. 
And then the knee issues, the knee issues have continued to the point where they've kept both of them on for the World Cup in the final squad. So he's come out and said, hey, you know, I was ready to just watch the World Cup. I was ready to cheer the boys on. And I got the call and I've never been happier. One of the happiest moments of my life. And that was honestly one of the the best things I've heard. Uh, I am over the moon for him. And I think that um, he deserves it. He deserves it. He's a great player. And um, I I think they won't use him very much. They'll use him sparingly. But, um, you know, it's always such an amazing experience, I think. And it's a once in, once in a lifetime thing for a lot of people. But I have an even better story to end out the episode. I know that there hasn't been too much today, but that is because we've missed a lot of stuff while I've been sick. A lot of the interesting news stories have really come and gone and been reported on to death. But hopefully you guys enjoy this episode regardless. So I'll leave you with, with something interesting, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I went on a day trip just around Sydney. Uh, right, and uh, you won't believe, you won't believe what I came across. So I was walking along quite a busy road, and in the distance I saw a large football, and I thought, what could that be? Got closer, it was a service station, and if you haven't put two and two together, it was a Cahill text. I know. Took a few photos, I'm not really sure where I can post these so you guys can all see them, I don't really have like a page for my my podcast or anything where I can post these photos, but I'll, I'll try and describe them to you as I've got them open in front of me. So you drive into the service station on the left. You've got um, some giant like letters with a hashtag at the start that say Cahill Tex. The actual sign that has the prices also has a large photo of Tim Cahill with the word Cahill Tex and a football at the top. And then as you actually walk in to pay uh, for your petrol uh, or gasoline or whatever you like to call it, and at the car wash, there are giant cutouts of some of the players. So I'll try and zoom in on the photo I took to see what players are highlighted. So the first one, of course, number four, Tim Cahill. Number 15, Mila Yedinak of Crystal Palace fame, but currently at Aston Villa with John Terry. Celtics, Tom Rogic at 23, number 23. Tommy Juric uh, plays in Switzerland for a striker for Luzerne, something along those lines. I can't really pronounce that one. Number nine. Uh, 13 is Aaron Moy, who plays for Huddersfield. Huddersfield's the one. And then Matty Ryan is number one goalkeeper playing for for Brighton Hove Albion, uh, recently played for Bruges and was goalkeeper of the year in that league. Uh, I think that might be the Belgian league. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it should be. So yes, that was quite the experience for me. I thought that you guys would would enjoy hearing about that. Um, it's really quite um quite 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 unusual for Australia. You know, with all the sports that are played here. Uh, Melbourne happen, happens to be the sporting capital of the world. It's dubbed the sporting capital of the world. I think it's the place that has the most professional leagues played in the one city. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's their claim to fame. Uh, Sydney, of course, many different sporting codes and leagues. And to see that is really uh, quite a dream for us, us football fans. It's not completely mainstream yet, football here. So to see that is is really a step in the right direction. Whether Cahill should have been the player, I mean, of course, he's the most high profile, but um, yeah, I just I don't know if, if it was if it was maybe ever like all football fans' favorite decision here. Um, but for those that aren't completely into football, it definitely made a lot of sense, and for marketing reasons, of course, it made sense. So I'm uh, I'm just happy to see that kind of a development here. Don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm I'm ecstatic that. 
that that sort of a thing is starting to happen um, and that we're getting into the World Cup spirit. But our final little point in the World Cup, uh, I would love for you guys to send in any of your predictions, thoughts, uh, opinions. Um, I'd also also see if you guys want to maybe have an episode from me where I predict um, the knockout stages. Um, I could definitely do that. Um, but a couple of things I'm, I'm looking forward to this World Cup. I'm looking forward to a minnow. I'm looking forward to a small team really surprise a lot of people. Now, I think people are getting, certain pundits are getting a bit ahead of themselves. Um, I mean, they could be proving me completely wrong when I say this, but I was watching ESPN FC lately and a few of their predictions, especially the ones that have been posted on YouTube. Um, I, don't, I don't know, maybe a bit optimistic. Uh, Shaka Hislop came out. No disrespect to him, I like him. Um, he's probably one of the better people on there. Um, on that show, he came out and said Senegal would, I think he, he said they'd make it to either the quarters or the semis. I think the quarters, um, and there's a significant, (laughs) there's a significant chance that they won't make it out of their group. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure where that came from in particular. Sure. If it happens then good on him, but I don't know where that prediction really came from. Um, and apart from that, I, um, oh, while I'm here, I might as well get this other issue out there. It's not completely World Cup related, and I know we've been doing a lot of that lately, but um, Craig Burley, Burley, uh, Craig Burley, yes. He is from ESPN FC as well, and he completely slandered um, Zinedine Zidane, basically said, um, well, the gist of his his commentary was, Zinedine Zidane moving on from Real Madrid after this win doesn't mean, you know, means that he's not, you know, the best of, of coaches and really gave him a hard time believing at the top. Um, basically said that the team was already set and they didn't need to do much, that they already you know, could have won without him, all that sort of stuff, as if it's that easy to, to make a team gel um, and, and win. Um, I don't know. I just found that very disrespectful. And if you guys can look for that, um, it's just ESPN FC, Zinedine Zidane, and you might be able to find it on YouTube. Have, have a listen to that and see if you can get your opinions back to me because that that really shocked me. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was... It seemed quite out of place. But we'll move on from there and uh, back to the World Cup, back to the World Cup. So, um, look, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Definitely going to have some more regular content now, especially with the fact that I'm not sick anymore or not as sick anymore and we're getting out of this little, this little down period and um, we'll be posting a lot more regularly as we lead into this celebration of football. But for now, thank you very much for listening to this one as well. And you guys stay safe out there. Uh, Do not cop any Ramos elbows to the face. Thank you guys. Talk to you soon.